Over the past couple of weeks, we have been focused on the elements of the armor of God. And we've really spent some time and dug in deep to what God is trying to teach us about the army, armor that he has given us. We have already focused on the importance of standing firm in our faith. We know that we keep, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and that when, when we do keep our eyes on him, that we can stand. We also learned the benefits of the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Then last week, we discussed our feet being shod with the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is the Christian's spiritual footwear. We need the gospel of peace to guard against the chances that we would fall into sin. And when we are keeping our eyes on the gospel of peace and we, are, and we have our feet shod with the gospel of peace, we are protecting ourselves. God has given us the ability through this armor to protect us from sin. And then also the gospel is not just for the believer. The gospel is also, the gospel of peace is also for those who are not saved. And God speaks to everyone in the world. He has provided a way for everyone in the world to know him and that they could come to the cross and accept him. And that is the work of the church. God has given the church the work to go out and to spread the gospel and to spread the message of Christ. And we learned also how blessed is the feet of those who go out and do the work of the Lord, who share the gospel of Christ. We must share our salvation, and we must do this with gentleness and respect. And we must remember that it is not the believer who changes the heart of anyone that we're speaking to or sharing our faith with. It's Christ who changes hearts. It is the Spirit of God who changes hearts. We are willing participants in that work, but it is ultimately God who is the one who changes the heart. And we also learned about the importance of the shield of faith. It is important to please God, and we know that it is impossible to please God if we do not have faith. Without faith, we cannot please Him. We must have faith and believe that Jesus died at the cross as the one and only sacrifice for our sins, that He paid a sin debt that we could never pay, he laid his life down willingly so that we might have eternal life. Salvation is found only in him and his work at the cross. If we do not trust this message, we do not trust God. If we do not trust God, we cannot please God. It is only by depending on him and having faith in him that he will deliver us. And when he, we have faith in him, he will deliver us because we are pleasing to him, because we are listening to him. So let us take a moment again and let us return to Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Because today we're going to examine the importance of the helmet of salvation. And next week we'll finish up the rest of the armor of God. But today we're really going to focus on the helmet of salvation. This piece of equipment is vital a vital part of the armor that we have as believers, as we will see. 
Each piece of armor represents and it demonstrates the power of God in our lives. It is because of this armor that we can have power as Christians. God does not send us into the world without giving us protection. We are fully equipped to enter into spiritual warfare as long as we have on the protection God has given us, which is called the armor of God. It is our spiritual battle gear, so to speak. So again, let us return to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And I know we've read this over the last couple of weeks, but this scripture, these scripture verses are vital to, for us to understand, and they're very important, and they're worth going over again. So let us begin in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Today we're going to focus again on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects the head of the believer. Think about the fact that it is in our minds that the devil attacks us. Have you ever thought about that? He's not coming over and physically attacking you. He's attacking you in the mind. In spiritual warfare, we must remember also, it's not a physical battle. It's not a battle that we fight with hands and conventional weapons. It is a spiritual battle. It is one that does happen in our mind. And when Satan attacks us in the mind, one of his most powerful weapons is to attack with discouragement and to attack us with doubt. Because he knows that if he causes the believer to doubt or to be discouraged, that he can negatively impact our spiritual impact in the world and in our spiritual walk with the Lord. He knows that if he can discourage us and create doubt in our mind, that he is holding us back from going into the world to do the work that God has called us to do. He knows that, he, that if he causes a believer to doubt or to be discouraged, that he can negatively impact our spiritual impact on the world. That's very important for us to understand that any time that we feel discouraged and don't want to go out and do something because maybe we have doubt or we have some discouragement, that we don't want to let these things hold us back from doing the work of God. It's not God who discourages us. It's not God who creates doubt in us. It's not Him. That comes from our enemy, the devil. Remember, God's God wants his children to depend on him. 
He wants us to willingly trust Him. See, and as long as we willingly trust Him and willingly depend on Him, He is going to work through us, and we can accomplish mighty things as the body of Christ. You see, the helmet of salvation defends the believer from the attacks of the devil. Understand this. If you are a Christian long enough, you are going to be challenged by the forces of evil. Let me say that again. If you are a Christian long enough, you are going to be challenged by the forces of evil. You are going to have words of discouragement and hopelessness thrown at you by the evil one. He wants to stop you in your tracks. He doesn't want you to go out and proclaim the gospel of Christ. If he can put a stop to that, he wants to put a stop to that. But we serve one who is greater than the devil. But we have to remember that it is God who works through us. And when we do have these attacks, do we have our armor on to protect us? We serve the living God, the living word. We serve him. And as long as we keep our eyes on him and remain faithful to him, fill our hearts with the written word of God, we will have the living word of God intercede on our behalf. He will give us strength to overcome these moments of discouragement and defeat that we experience in our lives as Christians. We always must be aware of what the devil is doing because the devil's schemes are uh, the same from one generation to the next. He doesn't change in the way he attacks. He always attacks in the same way. And why does he always attack in the same way? It's effective. It works for him. But we have to be on guard as believers. We have to be on guard and defend ourselves against these attacks by keeping on the helmet of salvation. I remember when I was in my late teens, I was enlisted into the United States Army, and I was excited about the endeavor that I was about to partake. And one day I was at a relative's house and he told me, Dave, you're never going to make it through basic training. It's just not going to happen. You won't even make it halfway through. And he continuously discouraged me. And I'd never forgotten his words all the way up until the time that I went to basic training. I never forgot. And in those times where I felt like quitting and when I wanted to say, this is enough, When I wanted to throw in the towel and quit, I remembered his words. I remembered what he said to me. I fought hard. I worked hard, struggled, pushed, and pressed forward. And I made it through basic training. And I started out in the military weighing about 150 pounds. I left basic training eight weeks later, 170 pounds. And it wasn't fat that I gained over that period of time. It was strength and endurance that I gained during that time. And in the same way that I had a relative trying to attack me here and trying to tell me I'll never accomplish things, I'll never be able to get through this, that's what the devil does to us. He will throw his flaming arrows of doubt. He will throw his flaming arrows of discouragement 
trying to stop us from doing the work of God and doing the things that He has called us to do. But when we endure and we press on and we keep our eyes on the prize, we will accomplish much for God. You see, the test of any person's character is what it takes to stop him. Some people will quit at the first, time, at the first sign of a struggle. Some people will quit at the first challenge that they face, while others will press on and they will fight through the battle and fight through not just that battle, but battle after battle with no thought of giving up. You see, Satan will try every means that he can to discourage us, to deter us, reminding us of past defeats and past failures, past sins in our life, and the dangers, and he will set up every possible objection in our way to destroy our assurance that we have in Jesus Christ. See, because if he can get us to doubt our assurance that we have in Christ, he has accomplished a lot. Remember, the Lord allowed Satan to strip Job of every good thing that he possessed except his life. Yet, as a man of God, he declared in Job chapter 13 and verse 15, Job declared in Job 13, 15, Though he slay me, I hope my hope will be in him. I will hope in him. You see, Job remembered and knew that his only hope for salvation was in the Lord. He knew that if he had any hope of eternal salvation, it was going to be in God, not in his circumstances, not what, what he was facing right then and there during this test that he was experiencing in his life. His only hope for a brighter and better future was going to be found in God. Job's helmet deflected every blow against him, and he maintained his hope in God. He maintained his faith in the one true living God, and he knew that God's love and care would sustain him, regardless of the arrows of death that the devil threw his way. Let us take a moment now and turn our attentions to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. You see, Satan tempts us to give up and to quit trying when we're not seeing the fruit of our salvation. When we do not see results from our spiritual labor, Satan will attack us and try his best to get us to quit serving God, to give up and throw in the towel. If he can do that, he has accomplished his mission. Let us look at Galatians chapter 6 beginning in verse 9. Galatians 6, beginning in verse 9, teaches us to not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the, a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. How is that for a promise? that as long as we keep our eyes on God and don't give up, that God will show us the harvest. He will bring forth the harvest. 
That is an awesome promise. We will reap a harvest. This promise is a promise straight from the word of God. Sometimes we do not see the harvest in our timing. And that really bothers some of us, don't it? (laughs) It really bothers us when we're not seeing a harvest in our time. It will always be in God's timing, and it will always be in His way. We must learn to be patient and wait on the Lord. Remember, sometimes we will wait years to see the fruit of our labors as believers. Just a couple weeks ago, we were in a discussion in a Bible study class about a family who wanted to see the salvation of one of their uh, family members, and it took years, and then all of a sudden, they saw the salvation of this family member. We never know when a prayer that we've been lifting up to our Lord for years and years is going to be answered. We just never know. It is in the Lord's timing. Our reward is going to be greater than we can ever imagine this side of heaven. When we get to heaven, we are going to be blown away with the glorious wonders of what our God has planned for us. We are going to be blown away by that. And you see, Satan's most disturbing attack against believers is in tempting them to believe they have lost or could lose their salvation. Few things are more paralyzing and unproductive or miserable than insecurity. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, nor let it be fearful. He said these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. But how can a doubting heart have peace? How can a person who lives in continual uncertainty about his salvation be comforted by such promises? When he is not sure that they apply to him or that they will always apply to him, a person who thinks that they can lose his salvation will lose hope in these, kind, these promises that Jesus has given. How could such a person not have been troubled or have fear in his life? The promises would be mockery to him. And don't get me wrong. Jesus expects a lot from his believers. He expects a lot from his children. It is not that we become saved today and then we can just go out and live however we want to and do whatever we want to. That's why Paul tells us to examine our hearts to see that we are in the faith. Because if we're not doing good things for God and we're not serving God and we're not walking in the ways of God, we should question, am I a true believer in God? But this is not the same as losing your salvation. It is you testing your faithfulness to God. And God is going to reveal His truth to you. So remember, to ensure you always wear the helmet of salvation... And do not be discouraged. Always keep your hope in Christ our Lord, and He will sustain you. He will lift you up in your times of trial. So do not lose hope.
brothers and sisters, we serve an awesome God, and he loves us with an everlasting love. His love endures forever. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has equipped us for every good work. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He has equipped us with the tools we need to effectively, faithfully, and confidently accomplish his good and righteous work. The work he has given us to complete, he has equipped us for that. So let us carefully consider the things that God has taught us about the armor of God. Let us willingly equip ourselves with this armor so that we can faithfully serve him and be protected from the flaming arrows of the evil one. Look how far God has brought you to this day and rejoice in the fact that you are a child of the living God. But more importantly, look forward to what lies ahead of you. Look forward to the work that God has planned for you. You see, as long as you take breath here on this earth, God has a plan for you, a mission for you, a good purpose for your life. He has told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all of these things to you. But we must seek first the kingdom of God. And to someone who might be in this congregation today or someone who might be listening to me today, if you are a seeker, one who doesn't know God, but you are seeking God, if you are a seeker who does not yet know God, his arms are open wide. His door is open to you. He is calling you to come to the cross just as you are. He's not asking you to change who you are to come to the cross. Come to the cross just as you are. It doesn't matter what sin you have committed. It doesn't matter your past because you see, Jesus took your sin debt upon himself. He took that debt that you could never pay for on your own. He paid the penalty for your guilt. He sacrificed himself on the cross, so that you might have life eternal. He died and rose again on the third day to life, so that you might have life everlasting. Do you want the eternal life that is found in Christ Jesus? Are you willing to give him your life? In exchange, he has given you his Jesus has given you his life. Are you willing to leave your past in the past and come into a new life with Christ? Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him change you from the inside out day by day. He takes you as you are, but he doesn't leave you in that condition. He will change you. You will be a righteous child of the Most High God. If you want this life, ask Him to be your Savior. Live for Him and never look back. There is room at the cross for you. So come and be changed 
into the likeness of God. Let us pray. Holy Father, we come to you today, and Father, we thank you that you take care of us. We thank you that you equip us for your good work, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have paid a sin debt that we could never pay. And Father, that you provide every need that we have in our lives, Lord. Father, that you equip us to do the things that you would have us to do. You don't just send us into the world without the proper tools. You give us the tools that we need. And Father, we're thankful for that. And Father, we're thankful that you have taught us the things that you have today. And Father, we just ask that you continue to motivate each one of us to do your good work, to share your hope, Lord, to share the hope that we have in you with anyone who will hear us. And Father, anyone who doesn't know you today, Father, we ask that they would open their hearts and hear your voice today. And Father, we ask all of these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.